Welcome to the EY podcast series on Union Budget 2023. In this session, we will discuss personal income tax announcements. The Finance Minister Nirmala Sitharaman said in her speech today that personal income tax proposals are the ones everyone waits for, and that is absolutely true as they dictate the amount of our salaries we can take home and spend. Hi, everyone. I am Silu and I have with me today Sonu Ayer, EY India, Tax Partner and Regional Leader for People Advisory Services. Sonu is the person everyone in EY makes a beeline for when they want to understand the implications of any tax proposal on their compensation. Thank you very much, Sonu, for sparing your valuable time and joining us today. Hi, Silu. Lovely to be here. Look forward to our interaction. Thanks, Sonu. Sonu, to begin with, uh, uh, let us start with your overall view of changes to the personal tax that we heard the finance minister speak about today. So, Silo, see, overall macro, the fiscal prudence continues to be the mantra guiding the finance minister in putting her budget proposals together. No different in case of tax, personal tax proposals as well. She's done a very good balancing act, I would say, to cater to popular demand, as well as staying firm on the path of simplification, stability in income tax rates, and ensuring that we are headed towards a flatter and a simpler tax structure. So the one big change which we were expecting, and we put it out from uh, EY perspective as also a major budget expectation on the personal income tax front was the fact that the government would look to make changes to make concessional tax regime, which they had introduced way back in April 2020, as more uh, popular because it hadn't really taken off. So she has certainly made good changes to it, and which we expect will make many people move to the new upgraded concessional tax regime or the new tax regime with the current budget proposals. So what she's done really is to ensure that more people move to the new concessional tax regime. She's brought in a standard deduction, which was a popular demand for salary income earners to consider the switch. So standard deduction of 50,000 for all salary income earners has been brought in. She has changed the tax lab, increased the maximum amount of income not chargeable to tax from 2 lakh to 50 to 3 lakh rupees, which is, uh, and also changed, widened the tax lab and lowered the tax rates. So the tax lab change by itself will give a you know effective saving about close to a lakh. Of course, it will be income specific, but the slab rate change itself is making that impact. With this, the concessional tax regime also brings in a tax rebate. So for people who currently have income up to five lakh rupees, total income up to five lakh, they do not pay tax because they have a rebate under 87A, in addition to the maximum amount of income not chargeable to tax at two lakh fifty. Similarly, she's enhanced the rebate provisions from 87 uh, from 5 lakhs under 87A to 7 lakh rupees, which means that if you have a total income of 7 lakh rupees, you do not pay any tax at all. And this will be considered as a very populist measure, but it, given the inflation, given the need to increase consumption in the economy, help uh, the low income category, I think it's a very, very good measure. Another good change that has been proposed in the concessional tax regime is to bring down the maximum marginal rate of tax, which stands at 42.744, down to 39%, by lowering the surcharge, which is applicable on income over 5 crores, to 25%. 
So this will also mean that you know people who have income over five crores will consider moving to the new tax regime, the new concessional tax regime. So these are you know some of those big changes in the concessional tax regime, which will definitely mean there is greater uptake of the new tax regime. There are other tax proposals like on personal income tax, which uh, the finance minister table where wherein she'd increase the leave encashment exemption, which is available one time uh, exemption that's available on retirement superannuation from existing three lakhs to 25 lakhs. Right. Uh, you did briefly touch upon this, Sonu. However, most of the big incentives are only available to those in the new tax regime. Will this finally move people to adopt the new tax regime, given that most people currently are still filing their taxes under the old tax regime? Yes, Silu, absolutely. I think this will give a major push to many taxpayers to evaluate uh, switching to the new tax regime. As I mentioned, that it definitely makes sense for people whose income is up to 50 lakhs to look at it uh, and compare the deductions that they claim under existing tax regime versus the benefit of tax lab that they're getting under the new concessional tax regime. And then we spoke about people whose income are over five crores, may not be too many taxpayers in that category, yet for them also it will make sense to switch to the new concessional tax regime. And things to note, you know, these changes are being made only in the concessional tax regime. They are not being given the benefit of lowering of surcharge on income over five crores is not being given in the existing tax regime with deductions and slabs. So therefore, government is very clear uh, and, and also the finance minister made the point that this will be now the default tax regime. So I personally see this as paving the way towards moving towards a simplified single uh, unified tax regime. Maybe it happens next year or maybe it happens after that, but they're moving towards a simplified tax regime with no deductions or minimal deductions, as is the case in the new proposed concessional tax regime. That's great. Bringing me to my um, next question, Sonu, what is the change to Section 54 that was announced today? So very interesting, right? We all know that Section 54 is one of the sections very favorite with all taxpayers because you sell a house property and you invest in another house property, you know, you're able to exempt your entire capital gains. Or you sell any other long-term asset under Section 54F, uh, and go and buy a residential house property with the proceeds, you know, your entire uh, transaction is tax-free. And it was, uh, and it's noted in the finance minister's speech also, this was being used, uh, you know, by people who are doing massive stake sales and investing in uh, high-end uh, residential properties. Um, now, what uh, the government has done very sensibly, it is, you know, particularly looking at only very high-value transactions, so what they're saying is we will cap the benefit to 10 crores. So this will impact, of course, uh, luxury, uh, you know, real estate where uh, people were investing in luxury real estate, any sale of any long term capital asset proceeds or in case of sale of a residential house and then investing in another luxury property. So to that extent, uh, this will hit uh, that segment. But uh, again, it is something very well done. It doesn't uh, impact the middle class or it will not impact taxpayer base in general, but only high, uh, you know, high net worth individuals who would be investing in luxury apartments or uh, real estate, which is over 10 crores. Got it. And will today's announcement, Sonu, lead to a big boost in consumption, you think? So, 
Selu, I think it's it's uh, you know all of these measures where you give relief in taxes, uh, savings. There will be some money, additional money in the hands of people. So consumption should get a boost. Uh, given the focus that the government has also to, you know, to increase consumption, to give impetus to the growth, as well as ensuring that there are savings. And that's why you see, you know, the measures where they've given the senior citizens benefit, where the senior citizen scheme of 15 lakh rupees currently, which earns an in quarter rate of interest rate of 7.4%. Now to bring cheer to senior citizens, they've allowed them to increase their savings from 15 lakhs to uh, 30 lakhs. So they've literally doubled that. That's a benefit for senior citizens. Uh, they're also encouraging savings for women by saying if uh, women invest in a fixed deposit for the next two years, they will get a fixed rate of interest, which is capped, I think, at 7.5%. So the point I'm trying to make is that the government is playing a balancing act. They are encouraging savings, uh, but yet also want consumption because we know consumption will lead to demand and demand will create uh, reason for a growth in the economy to happen. So the, with the balancing, by giving incentive to savings to the sections that they want to encourage savings in, they're also giving extra money in the hands of taxpayers so that they're able to go out and create consumption and create demand in the market. I hope that answers your question. Excellent. Yes, absolutely. Lastly, Sonu, I understand that there are some changes to TCS on foreign remittances. Would you like to talk about these and any other proposals that impact personal finance? Yeah, so, so on TCS, uh, again, uh, very clearly, seemingly, government wants to be able to keep an eye on the foreign remittances that are being made by Indians, resident Indians. So if you look at it, uh, they had introduced these provisions earlier where TCS was being collected on, on, on foreign remittances, very specifically like on medical, if you're remitting money for the purpose of education, uh, the remittance of, uh, would be subject to a TCS of 0.5% with an uh, after a threshold of 7 lakhs. So which means if you were remitting money for purpose of education, but it was more than 7 lakhs, there would be a TCS rate of 0.5% that would be applied. And if it was for the purpose of medical uh, treatment, then the, the threshold of 7 lakhs would apply and the TCS rate would be 5%. So they have not made any changes to that. But any other remittance, so whatever be the purpose, so if you are remitting money for investments, if you are going on buying the tourism packages, overseas tourism packages, on all of that now, the TCS applicable will be 20%. Uh, and there is no threshold. So even if you're spending a lakh, you'll still have a TCS of 20%. But TCS is not, uh, you know, it's not tax lost. It helps government to track it. It could create cash flow issues, but ultimately you're able to get a credit for it and adjust your total tax liability. So TCS is, uh, yeah, it is going to mean taxes collected at source, but it is a tax that is credited in your name. So to that extent, it is uh, it is it is not uh, a major damaging factor really for a taxpayer. All right. What I do want to cover is one interesting change, which is on uh, insurance. So life insurance policies, which have a premium of more than five lakh rupees. Now money received from these policies, except in the event of death, will now be taxable. So repayment of insurance policies on maturity, where the premium is more than five lakh rupees, will be considered as taxable. 
except that you would be able to get deduction for premium if you've paid, provided you have not claimed that premium deduction under ATC as a deduction. So that is uh, a change to note for, uh, for people who invest in uh, LIC policies. Um, the other thing I, I do want to talk about, interestingly, if you look at the, from a personal finance perspective, people who would uh, have housing loans and they're paying interest on housing loan, uh, and they uh, get a deduction for the interest that they pay on housing loan under Section 80C. And then if they were to sell this property for the cost of acquisition, people were able to add the interest component as to the cost and get the benefit of uh, lower capital gains because you are enhancing the cost of acquisition with actual purchase price plus the interest paid on the loan taken to purchase that house property. So the government has stepped in to say no such double deduction. So if you've taken a deduction for the interest paid on housing loan, you do not get to add it to the cost of acquisition. So to that extent, uh, this is this is rationalization of this provision. Then they've also gone out and said that market linked debentures are more like derivatives. So they should be taxed uh, at the normal slab rate. So you don't get the uh, preferred rate of 10% without indexation, which was currently being uh, claimed by taxpayers. Then uh, I think some other encouraging aspects where they, they are talking about a unified filing process to eliminate, uh, you know, need to give ID, IDs and KYCs at multiple points. Uh, so that would help. Uh, and uh, I think also in point for, you know, people who have not furnished their PAN, when they withdraw provident fund, uh, right now uh, the the tax or the TDS that was being applied was at the maximum marginal rate of tax. Now they have said that this TDS rate that would be applicable would be 20% instead of the maximum marginal rate. So to, from that perspective, uh, this is uh, again a rationalization. Uh, I think the, the other things that uh, the finance minister touched about uh, in the budget on improving taxpayer experience was also encouraging. So we'll see measures taken to strengthen the grievance redressal mechanism. She talked about the speed with which tax returns are being processed, how she's adding additional number of uh, commissioners to expedite disposition of appeals, etc. So there is very clear focus on in enhancing taxpayer experience, which I find uh, uh, very encouraging because this means that you know taxpayers' uh, contribution to the nation is being considered and their uh, government is focused on giving them the right service. So from a personal tax standpoint, I think these were some of the provisions uh, that this budget has put forth. Uh, and think of this another change uh, where in the finance minister's speech where she talked about that, you know, in order to encourage the concept of electronic gold, uh, what they will do is they will not treat the conversion of physical form of gold into electronic gold receipts uh, and vice versa as a transfer for purposes of capital gains. And the period of holding for such a transaction will be considered uh, including the period for which the gold was held in physical form by the owner. So this is also an interesting uh, you know, change and this will encourage people to move from physical gold into electronic gold receipts. So this was one change that I thought I should cover, particularly from a personal finance standpoint. Excellent. Thanks very much, Sonu, for your time today. 
which has of course been a very, very busy day for you, we all know. Great conversation with several insights and lots of useful information here. I thoroughly enjoyed this very engaging and informative interaction, Sonu, which I'm sure has given a lot of clarity to our listeners. Thanks once again. You know, I just want to add, there's always a lot more in the fine print at the time of our recording. We are talking about the provisions as we've heard them and as we've had time to look at. But uh, there's a lot more in the fine print, which will come across, come over, come through in, you know, in some time. Yes, absolutely. Noted. Thanks very Thank much. Thank you very Sonu. much.